0: Hello, hello, screen says I'm live, so I must be. We are halfway through this week, so how are you feeling, guys? I hope that you are enjoying yourselves, that you are having a lovely week in the group and outside of it. Because the thing is that the whole idea with this festival was to create this place where we could come and go if we needed to take a step away from too much reality and from real life. This would be a place where we could come and sort of recharge and reconnect to our happy and aligned. And that is especially a space I would like to create today, where we are going to dig a little deeper into our relationship with life is actually what we're going to be talking about today. How we cooperate with life. Uh, As I already said, the definition of being aligned is to be in the correct relative position. And we talked about, oh, hi from Denmark. Hi. Uh, And we talked about one of the main things about alignment is to not get in the way, to not be in the wrong relative position. Oh no, you are just on time. I I just couldn't wait at all. So I was I was I was jumping um, to click the button at a minute to. So don't worry, I am just saying hello and talking about. Um, as we talked about the space that is so important and that how I want that to be a part of the whole week, that the whole group is that space. That was a whole part of the festival because I don't actually believe that you need me talking at you to become happy and aligned. I think we're all wired for it. I think It's our default setting that we just way too often unlearn from our parents. So what I wanted to do was create this festival as this place, this space where we could mm, feel a relief from some of all that other things, all all the things we've been taught along the way. And just remember who we are underneath all that. A place where we don't have to keep up pretenses or where we don't have to keep chasing the external happiness to tick all the boxes and to live up to the Hollywood version of, of skinny, beautiful, rich, and successful to be happy, but a place where we get to be happy as we are, where we are, and, and as I was saying, even more so today for this session, because we are diving into some of the some of the more fluffy sides of things. So all week, I have been trying to take you on this journey and, and give the idea of this vacation that we're on. So on Monday I asked you to be adventurous and try out some of the exotic food. And yesterday I asked you for for just a moment to embrace the Hawaiian shirt or the floral prints and go with it and see how it felt. And today is more one of those days where you want to pull up a beach chair. So, so do that. Make yourselves comfortable and 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 f- Get in here, whether you're here now, actually, or if you come here for the replay. And and don't worry, these beach chairs are not the kind where you have to sneak out at four in the morning with your towel to reserve your spot. These beach chairs are imaginary and always right there for you. So get get your chair and get comfortable and see if you can catch a sense of the sun that's shining on your face. And hardly any wind in this space at all, right? So are we feeling it? I know I am. I spent my lunch break on my my terrace. Uh, I know there's a window here, but I also have windows and my terrace on that side of the house. So that's where I was sitting and enjoying some sun. And and then as we're here, check in with yourself and, and see if you can sense if there is an increased awareness to you or openness about your happiness and alignment. Are you starting to get that sense of where you are in relationship to it? Because that's a really good place to start. That's really... Awareness is always the first step, isn't it? And one of the things that came from my decade and more of stress and depression is what I like to call, ooh, I feel good, Randy Maya, Thank you. Yep. And um, so do I. So let's get this party started, right? Um, One of the things that came from my stress and depression that I really appreciate is actually what I... Sort of lovingly call uh, uh, an allergic reaction to anything that feels miserable or misaligned. And, And of course that can be sort of annoying because there are plenty of options throughout the day to feel those things. But if you catch them early enough before starting to sort of spiral downwards in the usual thoughts that you might have practiced for a long time like i did you can more easily turn things around and that it's it's kind of important today to have sort of a uh, a relaxed comfortable um state of being because today is not gonna be teaching in the sense that the way we feel about life can't be taught, you can't read that in a book, you can't get that from a webinar. It's something you have to figure out with life. You and life gotta figure that one out. So what I can do today is that I can I can shine all my love and warmth on you about how I look at life and how my experience Has improved so immensely by by shifting the way that I look at life and interact with life. Okay, so I have to ask you up front do you actually believe that life is meant to be good? How does that one feel? How, how does it feel if I say that life is meant to be enjoyable? So for some people, it, it'll be like, yeah, of course. But for some, it might be sort of more of a, mm, I'd like that, or a gentle curiosity that maybe it could be like that. But even if it makes you feel... of slightly annoyed or frustrated it might still mean that there's something about it you know sometimes when people tell us things that feel annoying it's actually because they're a little bit true but the most important thing is that you you sense what it means to you and and check in to see if maybe some of what we're talking about here today could sound a little bit like an echo from what your soul has been whispering to you forever. Um, Always? Oh, sorry. What was that? Did I say always about something that I shouldn't have? Uh, Let me know. I sometimes get a little caught up in this because Because it feels so good and I'm so excited about it. And as we're gonna, that while I'm sharing my story, I will be perfectly honest about that. It's not every day that's, you know, this bouncing off the wall giddiness, not at all, but more often than not, definitely. And and such a big improvement from the way it was because. The first time I heard the statement that life's supposed to be good, I was like, that's so easy to say, right? Uh, always that there's no change depending on the situation. Hmm. I'm not actually I know I know you're referring to something I just said, but I can't I can't connect it ah if life is always good what about rape um an experience can feel bad of course and nobody would want it and nobody you could say nobody should be put through that and there are endless endless examples like um there's um, domestic violence and child abuse and hunger and war. And there are so many examples of, of how life can seem like it's out to get us or that it's um, against us at some fundamental level. And we're absolutely entitled to believe that we we are absolutely allowed to interpret things that way. And, and you know, if someone came to me and said, oh my God, I was just raped. I wouldn't say, you know, ooh, congratulations. That's probably the best thing that ever happened to you because that's not how it feels like. But the sensitives I have talked to on my podcast and people in general, um, when we talk about some of their... Their journey towards who they are today, most of them will actually point to experiences that while they were in them felt heartbreaking or horrible, but that it has actually helped them become who they were meant to be. So even though nobody should have to experience rape or anything of that kind. I mean, there are stories of people who has taken that and maybe been forced to look at and find a strength in themselves so that no one can ever violate them again emotionally or even even if physically they they find that power or strength to say, that does not define who I am. And and just like many other people I've talked to again, uh, on my journey, they, they find a way to take these experiences, turn them into something that gives them abilities and understanding, and then they pay that forward to help other people who's been in that situation. Ooh, Victoria's here. Hi. And it's past midnight. You are really hanging in there so well. I usually say that when when the clock strikes midnight, I turn into a pumpkin because I definitely don't feel like Cinderella at that point. But um thank you for for being with us. I hope what we're talking about here today is going to be good thoughts to fall asleep on. I will definitely Do my best. Um, I was just asking if you guys feel like it's possible even that life is good. That it's supposed to be good. That it's supposed to... (laughs) All right, that's what you say. Cool. (laughs) I knew I liked you. (laughs) Weird sayings. That's, That's something I can relate to. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and we were yeah, we were talking about how my belief is that life is meant to be good and that even when it looks like it isn't, even when it feels like it's not, and and it definitely didn't for a long time, I have chosen to and had to get to this. Fundamental belief, because without that, all the other things we've talked about this week became, become sort of mm, slightly unstable and dependent on circumstances being good, if that makes sense. If you have a fundamental, fundamental trust that life is for you. That is what allows us to look at anything with the intention of finding what's best about this thing. So looking at something and say, what if this thing that happened to me was actually a good thing? What can I take this to mean? What can I turn this into? And and again... It could be so frustrating to hear someone say that. And if you get to watch someone live that, ah, that could be so frustrating if that's not your own experience. And I know that I had front row seats to my big brother, who has always been charming and outgoing, very charismatic and successful at anything he put his mind to. And there I was, this awkward weird kid who just felt like life was out to get her. So talk about sometimes finding things unfair and put me on that list because I can absolutely agree to that. But the thing is my brother he was actually he's probably been my biggest role model because even all those years when life felt shitty to be honest i could still look at him and wonder why is life like this for me while it's like that for him and i guess you could say i was very lucky because i had not just one role model growing up i had two because there was my brother who succeeds and still does at everything he sets out to do. I mean he's barely six feet tall and he decided that he wanted a career as a professional basketball player. And no matter how many coaches he had who told him that hey dude do you realize that it's easier to teach tall people to play basketball than it is to get short people to grow? He was like I want to be a professional basketball player so he did he didn't end up in the NBA but he got to play in in Greece and twice in Italy and he made it to the Danish national team and once he said to me when I was I was probably complaining that day because um, if complaining had been a recognized sport I would have been an Olympic medalist. So he said to me, sister, listen, you know, the only difference between you and me is that I believe I can. And I was like, mm, yeah, I had to sit with that one for a while. And and there was a part of me that knew he was right. He always had this belief that things would turn out well for him. Even his first car had to be an Audi and I don't know if you have any idea of car prices in Denmark, but we have like 150% taxes on cars. It's insane. So even owning a car in Denmark makes you (laughs) pretty well off. Um, So he always just bought the fancy car that he couldn't quite afford at the time because he knew he would get there. Of course he would. He had this I deserve the best, so why not? Life is gonna give it to me. But then, as I said, I had two role models. And the other one was my mom. Um, I lost her three weeks ago today, so it's still a little bit raw. Um, But her life was so much different than his. She always suffered from anxiety. She was always worried. She had a very vivid imagination And unfortunately, that always showed her in great detail, the worst case scenarios. So that was how she lived her whole life. And she spent the last five, 10 years where everything in her life was about pain, physical illness, anxiety, limitations, and she only got to be 74. So to me, that has been such profound and, and very clear, up close and visceral example of how our perception of life, how our interaction with life is just so insanely important. Ooh, we have Britta in the house. Pull up your beach chair, Britta. <laughs> Sorry that we that's where we started, but um but we're hanging out on our vacation imaginary beach today. Um and we are talking about how life is supposed to be good. And I truly believe that. Randy Maya was asking if that's always true. And I believe that it is. I don't think I could convince people if they are in the middle of a crisis, but I will do my very, very best here today to be convincing. And one of the things is that I can, I was just sharing how I have two very strong examples in my life. Oh, (laughs) yep! pull up your chair. Room for more, always. Just glad to have you. Um, So I had these two examples of how our perception of life immensely impacts how we get to experience it. And for a long time, life and I were not on good terms, to say the least. I would actually go so far as to admit that I was resentful of life because it felt so unfair, because it felt like it was out to get me in some ways. And I don't know if you have ever resented a person in your life, and maybe you have an idea what that did to your relationship. I just, just putting it out there, I don't know if you know that, but for me in life, it did no wonders for our relationship. And I'm not a couples therapist, but I do believe that one of the tools they use if a couple comes in who have lost trust in each other or who are resentful of each other, that one of the tools they use is to reawaken the good memories, um, why they fell in love in the first place. And I guess you could actually say that the first couple of months after I gave up chasing the external happiness and gave up the struggle so that I could hear my inner guidance again, that that it created this space where life could sort of seep in. That could actually be kind of a bit like couples therapy for me in life, because I started to notice how life wasn't actually that bad. And figuring out that all the things that I had been annoyed with in my life weren't actually mistakes. I don't think life makes any mistakes. So growing up in this on the surface, pretty nice, but very subtly dysfunctional family was not a mistake. It taught me so many things about human beings and our interactions and what's really going on. And it was no mistake that I was born as a highly sensitive person, even though it cost me years and years of frustration because I couldn't make it work in a normal career. And even my big feet was no mistake. It, all these puzzle pieces have their place. So if, flipping them around and actually looking at them was like rediscovering life. So Kind of like if you have a partner that is home late for dinner, let's say, and that just annoys you, and because it's not the first time it's happened, and and all these things come up, and it's just frustrating, right? I don't know if you sort of can relate, um, but then imagine that later you find out that the reason your partner was home late for dinner, was because they were actually out finding that weird little, very specific thing that you had always wanted so they could surprise you on your birthday. All of a sudden, being half an hour late for dinner feels completely different, doesn't it? And and that was kind of how I started to feel about life. I was like, oh, I was mad at you for that thing for so long, and that actually turned out that you were picking out a gift for me <laughs> that I didn't know about. Um, and what happened was nothing short of miraculous, actually. Um, so, so let me let me be annoyingly happy and and feeling good for a moment here. Because about a year ago, uh, well in March of last year, I was doing one of these five day events. I'm pretty sure it was called a challenge, but I was all in anyway. And one of the exercises during the week was what do you see yourself doing in six months? And of course it was all about how everything is possible. So I sat there, and and the thought that came to me was like, "Oh, I want to be writing a book in six months." So I was like, oh. it's not like the th- thought hadn't crossed my mind in the past, but but this time I was like, mm, okay." So what I did was I took a, a bunch of different colored pieces of paper, and then I, you know, on the blue page, I I would put notes for for the introduction. And then on the green, there'd be like the tools and on the yellow page, I would put thoughts about this or that. So so I was sort of creating an overview in my mind for a while. And and then at that challenge, we actually each had a success consultant um, assigned to us from the challenge. It was a whole thing. And, And my success consultant asked me when I shared this, ooh, I want to be, I want to be writing a book in six months, and she was like, "Why does it have to take you that long?" And I was like, um, um, "Excuse me, just even getting started is a really big deal here." Um, so, so I kept writing my notes, and then um, one day on Facebook, um, I I noticed an ad. And all those years where I was so wrapped up in my own misery i I hadn't actually realized that Facebook had changed because for for as long as I remember it was just pictures of people's lunches and weekend getaways um but all of a sudden there were ads and and these challenges and and there was an ad like, "Would you like to start your book in a weekend?" And I was like, "I know I haven't googled that." So maybe Facebook is listening or maybe the algorithm does actually work like law of attraction in a tech version. But I was like, mm, okay, so I was curious and I was looking into this guy and his credentials. So I came across um, a, a free resource a book school that took me through the whole process of brainstorming and and getting clear on what I wanted, and the goals, and the audience, and all these things. And there was even um, a Google document to start an outline for this book. I think I spent about a week or 10 days doing that. And then the book's goal said, okay, when you have done that, set yourself a goal put aside some time every day and if you do 250 words a day, you are doing really well. You will get there. It might take you 9 to 12 months, but you will be well on your way. So I was like, okay, I think I I can do that. So I started writing and the first day I wrote quite a bit more than 250 words. And I was like, okay, it's new, I'm probably excited, so that's okay. And the next day, I wrote quite a bit more than 250 words. And after three weeks, I had a whole first draft. And I was like, oh, my God, how did that happen? And then I started reading it again. And some of it, I was like, I wonder where that came from. Did I actually write that? But that's the thing. That's the water skiing example I used on Monday. Because it felt like I was hooked up to something bigger than myself. I had an engine on my side that had so much more fuel and power and direction probably than I thought I was capable of by myself. But because I had tapped into this energy, things were just flowing, ease and flow was sort of like starting to become new normal, which was very strange. And, and I'm not saying at all that I did not have practically daily writing crises and all other kinds of crises, um, but I it, they didn't feel like that bad because it was like water skiing, there's still gonna be waves, but if you have the momentum and you keep your balance, you could sort of navigate them without falling on your ass every time. So, and and those tools that I figured out and developed along the way. That's what we're gonna be talking about tomorrow. So so hang in there. <laughs> I, am, I am not just saying that, ooh, once you, once you open up to life, everything's gonna be magical. Um, because there's, there's the other moments as well. They just don't take up as much space when you're in that good place. And it was the same with the podcast. I wanted to to start a podcast um and I put out a feeler and I got so many replies people who would love to be on the podcast and one of them is here today. so thank you so much for that Britta and um, and then this festival I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I have spent so much time and energy preparing this, but at no point has it felt like hard work. I, If I had started to catch a sense of that, or when I did, because there were those moments when things started to feel like I had to roll up my sleeves and, and dig in. But every time I saw myself pushing the boat, I would stop and I'd be like, no, nope, that's not how it's supposed to, do, supposed to be. That's not how I want to be working so I actually sort of developed my own little little saying saying that um, if it feels hard, we're doing it wrong. So again, some some of it has actually felt a little bit like magic because I again put out one feeler to to see if I could if, if there were even anyone interested in being guest speakers, and I got 15 replies. So I I talked to these people and I sorted through and I decided on who I wanted to bring to you in this festival. And then I was mentioning the festival about a week before we started in, in one of the groups and someone said, oh my God, that sounds so great. I'd love to be a speaker next time you do that. And I was like, oh, perfect, let's stay in touch. Half an hour later, I had an email that ticked in letting me know that, that one of the speakers who were uh, slotted in on Monday, she had a family emergency and she was so, so sorry and and was short short notice and she felt horribly bad. But if I could find it to sort of be okay with her not attending. And I was like, you know what? I actually just had someone asking if they could be part of this. So we're all good, we'll do it next time. And she was like, so that's that's life giving me the solution before the answer even shows up. I must admit, I'm a fan. I like that. Yes, exactly. That is the magic of alignment. And I keep being surprised when it happens, even though um, I'm a big fan of Abraham Hicks. And they say that in... It, In the perfect world we should be expecting things to work out like that. I'm not quite there yet. I definitely celebrate and I'm very appreciative when it happens. Because every every single time one of those things happens, when the, the Facebook ad for the book popped up, just the perfect timing, and when this guest speaker and people wanting to be on the podcast all of these things, the good timing, I celebrate them. And I choose to look at them as proof that life is working for me or with me. And that is a choice that we can make. I could also be looking for all the reasons or all the incidents that I could interpret as to life being unfair or hard or annoying. But I have chosen this now. And oh God, oh, that reminds me of the first time I was reading a book. I think I was actually sitting on my on my terrace reading this book, uh, a self-help book of some kind because I have read a whole library full of those. And I came across the statement that, uh, Happiness is a choice. I almost threw that book clear across the head into the neighbor's garden because I was like, seriously, seriously, I'm sitting here feeling very sorry for myself. And you're telling me that happiness is a choice? I was like, thank you. But fortunately, I did not throw away the book. I kept coming back to it. And then what I realized was that it's true, but they kind of forgot to mention that it's not a choice you made once and then you're set for life happily ever after. It's kind of a choice you have to keep making every single day, every single situation. You get to choose how you look at this thing. Is this thing the worst thing that ever happened to me? Or could it be, if not the best, then at least something I can turn into, something that could be good for me. And I i actually have an exercise that I didn't think we would have time for today, but it feels kind of uh, appropriate talking about how happiness is a choice. And I call it um, the stairs of thought because it is our thoughts that sort of determine our feelings, right? It's how we think about things that decide how we react to them. So every time we find ourselves in a situation, we can picture a staircase and the thought we're having could be a landing somewhere in the middle, maybe. Um, It could be sort of a neutral thought like, I have a blind date tonight. And you find yourself in that situation, and maybe it pops up because you're getting sort of a little bit mm, about this blind date, and then you have a choice. You're on this landing, and you can decide if you want to take that thought and take a step down the stairs by going, "Oh no, first dates are just the worst." You're you're one step further down, and it's like, "Oh, the last one was horrible." step down. He might not even show up, you're one step further down. And if you keep going in that direction, you'll pretty soon find yourself in that deep dark dank basement where nobody wants to live. But on the other hand, this choice that you have while you're standing on that staircase, you can decide, okay, I have a blind date tonight. And that feels a little bit scary. But Maybe he's a little bit nervous about it too. So at least maybe we have something in common. And we're going to a nice restaurant that I always wanted to try. And like, what's the worst that can happen? And even if it's really awkward, I'll have something to laugh about later. But it might actually be a nice person. And then for each of those thoughts, you are taking your mood a step up. For every one of them. And if you keep going in that direction, you might just find yourself at a delicious lounge on the rooftop terrace with gorgeous views of the city. And and that's the power of our minds and the thoughts we have and how we choose to look at life in general and in every specific little situation. I'm talking a lot I need a sip here um, so again with the choice and the responsibility and as I started out saying that I can't really teach you to love your lives but I can give you examples and I would like to to show and share share something in a way that I like to look at things, because, and, and I'm not claiming any kind of science here. I do believe that quantum physics is probably gonna explain God to us someday, but, but for me, this is mostly just thoughts and ideas. But one of the things that, that there is sort of an agreement on is that everything is in the universe can be broken down to being energy, that energy is practically all there is. And energy can change forms. It can never be destroyed. And, and since energy is energy, it's it can show up in different ways, but it's still the same thing. So I take that to to be, for me, a proof that there's only one source of energy in the world. It's not like there's two competing, Energies, like some of the old books would like us to uh, believe. So, so the way I like to look at it is that, um, if you if you say there's only one source in the universe, I like to believe that that source is love, or light. Light is probably a better example because then you can say like. Like light, light in our universe, there is we have the sun that is our source of light and the uh, sun is shining during the day and at night it gets dark. That is not because the opposite of the sun is there making it dark for us. The only reason it gets dark at night is because the earth is blocking out the sun that's on the other side. So darkness is really just the absence of light. Like you can walk into a room and like me, you can turn on your lights and, and, and you can open the curtains and you get more light. If you want to make a room dark, you have to uh, get sort of blackout curtains. You can turn off the light, but if that's not enough, you can't go flip the darkness switch. You cannot create darkness. You can only block out the light. And I very much like to think that life is the same way. So even things that look bad, there is light in there somewhere um, When my kids were little and they came home and they were upset because someone had been mean to them, I would talk to them about how, of course, it's perfectly okay to feel sad or hurt if that happens. But I also try to give them this understanding that the other person must have feeling bad inside to do that bad thing on the outside. Because when we are mean to someone, it's always because we feel crappy inside. Like, for instance, if you think back, have you ever woken up in the morning and reached for your journal to make a list of people you would go out of your way to annoy today? Uh, That person, oh, oh I'm gonna say something rude to him. Yep, yep, yep. That'll get him going and uh, I will make sure to uh, cut in front of people in traffic all day just to see how much rage I can cause. I mean, that, that's not how we work. We don't do that. We are not purposefully annoying. We, we're we typically doing the best we can in any given moment. And sometimes that just n- not very good because we're feeling crappy. And... And to me, that's one of the best reasons why we should find more happiness and alignment in our lives. Because not only will it make us feel better, it will have a beneficial impact on people, our close people. And and we were talking about yesterday with Erin and Ellie um, about how the way that we heal our old stuff and become more happy and aligned, that creates a a more nurturing and healthy environment for our kids to grow up so that maybe they don't have to spend 40 years being miserable and a decade of stress and depression before they sort of figure out that life can actually be fun. So what we're doing here this week, is so much bigger than us. And as Mariana mentioned in in a comment somewhere that it creates ripples. And I like to think that too, definitely, that the more we like our lives, the more we heal our relationship with life, the better we feel about ourselves and our lives, the more we have to give the more we have to share, the more happiness we will bring to the world. So if we want a world where where rape and domestic abuse and wars are maybe a little bit less frequent, the best way I can see to get there is to be happy, to, to feel aligned because I think I said it before, happy people, don't start wars. Happy people don't beat their spouses. Happy people uh, don't troll others online. I mean and yeah, when we're happy that's when we are aligned with life, when we let life be on our side. So on my best days I actually wake up with that feeling of being in love with life, and I think we can do that, even if we have felt resentful, even if we have felt betrayed, even if we have felt unfair and and it has caused a rift, like some couples actually make it after that, I think we can too. And I really hope that soaking up some of this, has helped to do that. Because what I hope I said in the beginning, what I meant to say in the beginning was that the most important thing is to to sort of check in and see how you feel about this along the way. If it, if it resonates, if it plants some seeds or open up some some curiosity. So I really hope it has And I would like to hear from you on your beach chairs, with the sun on your faces. How are you feeling? Are you willing to give life another chance? Or a better chance at showing itself to you from its best signs? I hope you are. And as I said, I am not claiming that every day is just sort of happily bouncing along because there is. Life still happens. There are still triggers and challenges and all that subtle resistance. And even though all those things could could actually be a workshop in itself, I will try to give you my three favorite tools in our session tomorrow to deal with those things. Oh yes, and always, and agree. So thank you guys. I so appreciate you for being here and I hope you enjoy your beach chairs for as long as you need them. And then I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And we will be back tonight with Dr. Rosie Kuhn who's also talking about this journey towards becoming more happy and aligned. So I might see you there and I might see you tomorrow, but I'm not going anywhere, so there will be more. Take care and have some fun.